Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. A baptism symbolizes new life in Christ. And so Alton uh, started having conversations with his mom and dad about what it means to follow Jesus. And they talked about it quite a bit at home, and he prayed about it. And so Alton, I want to ask you real quickly, in those conversations... Have you come to the place where you have said, yes, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life? Have you said that? Yes. Awesome. And do you promise that from today on your desire is to follow Jesus Christ and honor him? Yes. Yes. Awesome. So it is my joy to baptize you today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. take just a moment and thank the Lord for this time we've been able to celebrate this morning. Father God, it is, uh, it's incredible. God, when we are able to witness another life transformed by Jesus and the gospel, and so we celebrate that today. God, we, we pray that you would continue, Lord, to allow us as a church to lift high the name of Jesus and that people might continue, God, to know you and follow you and be obedient to you. But God, my guess is that there are even some people here today who have been thinking seriously about what it means to follow your son, Jesus. So God, let them have the same kind of childlike faith that Alton has, that they might trust in you with all of their heart, and we'll give you the glory for that. God, prepare us now as we open your holy word that we might once again learn from you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. It's good to see you today. Welcome to Hope Fellowship Church. Um, You know, it's kind of been one of those strange weeks. July the 4th fell on a Thursday. I had the the opportunity to hang out with a lot of you guys in Smyrna on Wednesday night. If you were there, say, woo-hoo. Okay, that's good. How many of you followed me on Thursday to downtown Nashville for the real fireworks show? Yeah. I know y'all think I'm crazy, but I hadn't been in three years. We decided to go back again this year, and uh, man, it was glorious. It, I'm telling you, y'all, you just have to be there to experience it. But I want to I start off my sermon talking about something that actually happened there uh, on Thursday. I, I did what I always do. I, I went early. You know, we left the house about 1045 in the morning. Yes, I know. Easy. But so worth it. And so we arrived, and, you know, here we are. Shauna was with me. Uh, some other friends were with us, and, you know, we're, we're carrying in like a dozen umbrella chairs. And my, my infamous spot where I always go, I'm like, okay, I know exactly where I'm going. I got my secret parking space for free. Woo, okay. And, and anyway, we get there, and, you know, on, on the riverfront park area, these levels of grass, they kind of cascade from the street level down, down, down. And so I'm over here to the far left, and down on the lowest patch of grass as I arrive, there are four homeless dudes. I'm like, seriously, bro? You're in my space. (laughs) Now, the fact that they had been partaking of all kinds of 
things, I decided I would not ask them to move. And so what happened, uh, you know, we, we set out our, our chairs, and then you begin to think to yourself, are they going to, like, steal my umbrella chairs? I don't know. I would think most homeless guys could care less about stealing an umbrella chair, right? So we decided we we're going to leave it there, and everything was fine. Nothing was touched. Nothing was taken. And, y'all, they were there. They were there the whole, the whole day, the whole evening, all the way through the fireworks show, and their tribe increased. And so here's why I'm telling you this story. You know, God is, God, I think, has a sense of humor. Because as I sat there, part of what you do is you, you people watch. Does anybody in the room people watch like I do? You're, you're into that? Thank you. I don't feel lonely now. It's kind of fun to people watch homeless guys. Right? And it's really easy to have a little bit of a jaded attitude about what they're doing, about the things they say about just what their life looks like. And so I don't think it's any coincidence that in the midst of my sermon preparation, God allowed me to spend several hours observing downtown Nashville homeless guys the Sunday that I'm preaching about a blind beggar. Hmm. Think about that. Because all of a sudden, I have to ask myself, does the way I look at this text at all parallel, how Jesus looks at all of us. And so if you have a Bible today, we're just going to jump right in. I would encourage you to open your Bible uh, to the New Testament book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. Uh, It's the story of blind Bartimaeus. Let's read this together and then we'll talk about it for a few minutes this morning. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. Scripture says, And then they came to Jericho... And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately, the Bible says, he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Now, over the years, for whatever reason, I've been drawn to this text many times. And it seems like every single time I revisit this specific text, God shows me new truths about who He is, but also about who He wants us to be. Now, if you think about this, it's it's a bit interesting when you think about the reality that Bartimaeus is called by name in this account. Normally, think about it. Normally in the Bible, people are simply referred to in the story of life as like, well, that a beggar, 
a paralyzed man, someone who has leprosy, and we don't ever know what their name is. So then I started thinking about this, and it really caused me to wonder, perhaps Bartimaeus, it says the son of Timaeus, he was, he was from a prominent family back in this day. And I, I really don't know, but if that were the case, think about this with me. Perhaps Bartimaeus could have been from a prominent family, and he was to become the pride and joy of his expectant parents. Many of you can relate to this. Several ladies in our church are pregnant. Several of you have young children. And so for nine months, these parents had been excited, dreaming about how their child's life might bring them even more favor, joy, even more prosperity. Yet, as we read this text, we see that was not to be. Bartimaeus had a disability. He was blind. And listen to me. The way culture and society operated 2,000 years ago, it was very, very different. And as much as we can read this text, and might to, we could think, Kent, that is not fair, that is not right. Reality is that society 2,000 years ago looked at people like Bartimaeus as damaged goods. That's not right. But it's what happened. Bartimaeus was most likely, think about this, a disappointment to his family. And so when we say things like that, damaged goods, a disappointment to your family, isn't it interesting that 2,000 years later, the second we speak words like that, we, we kind of get that? We, we kind of understand and then I want you to really think about this. What does that all boil down to? What does that really all mean? Really, it boils down to value. And I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you just to think about your own personal life. As a human being, you're sitting here today, Rock Springs Elementary, Hope Fellowship Church. As a human being, where do you today get your value? Do you get your value from other people's opinions of you? I think I've been very transparent. You know that one of the struggles I've had over the years is this, this tendency for me to want to be a people pleaser. And if you're wired that way, you're like, yeah, man, I get that. I understand what that means. And so that's, that's why sometimes you operate the way you do because you, you feel valued when people affirm you. Maybe that's not you at all. Maybe, maybe it's a, a job title. You're, you're continuing to climb the ladder, not so much because... That really is what drives you, but you're just all about another title, another level. Maybe it's a degree. Maybe it's material possessions. And you could say, bro, that's, none of that's me. Maybe for you, I would say this. Instead, your value is not in what you do. Listen to me. Your value is not in what you do, but it's in what you don't do. What does that look like? Here's what that looks like. Well... At least I don't do that like old such and such does. You don't say that out loud, of course, but you're thinking it. 
when I look at Bartimaeus in this text, I see this blind beggar. And this is so true in life. Isn't it interesting? Think about this. I believe it's true. So often, the people who have the least, the people who have the least end up being the people who are usually the first to embrace Jesus. Think about our culture today. Here we are. There there is an epidemic in the United States of people in our nation, and we're all about being comfortable. Comfortable. I said that weird, didn't I? But we are. We live to be comfortable. But what if? What if this level of comfort we all desire to live in means that you're really never convicted? And you, you could very well be living what I would call a lukewarm Christian life. And really, there's a, you could do a whole sermon series on this. What is, what is going on that we, we just want to be comfortable in our culture today? Look back with me at the text. Look at verse 47. And so when he, when Bartimaeus heard Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but he could hear. Listen, Bartimaeus was not living some kind of hopeless life. Scripture does not describe him as sitting around having some kind of a pity party. And I think there is a huge lesson right here for all of us. This, you might want to write this down. It is so important to learn this. Look at the screen. Don't get so caught up in what you don't have that you forget what you do have. Church, it happens every single day. Bartimaeus, he had obviously heard these stories about Jesus of Nazareth. And so if you can picture this with me, he's sitting on the side of the road. We see that every day. Get off any exit off of I-24. There is a beggar at the exit with a sign asking for a donation. We get this. And so here's Bartimaeus sitting at the side of the road. He can't see, but he's listening to the sounds of this large crowd of people traveling through his town. And this was not a normal kind of a thing. There was normally not this much traffic. And it's simply because, here's what was going on. All of these people coming by, they were pilgrims. They were passing through on their way to Jerusalem for Passover. So incredible traffic. No normal day here. And at some point, Bartimaeus, even though he could not see He hears somebody talking about Jesus. What was that? Did did I hear what I thought I heard? Somebody said, Jesus of Nazareth is on this road. Can anyone confirm that for me? And in that moment, opportunity knocks. How would you respond? Would you embrace this opportunity or would you just let it pass on by? Would you sit there and focus on what you don't have and have a pity party 
instead of focusing on what you do have? Do you sit there and perhaps buy into some of the lies you've believed that might say, oh, you really don't have much value in this life? You might, you might sit there believing the lie that somehow you're damaged goods. And do you choose to believe that your life has been nothing but a disappointment to other people? Listen, if that is kind of where you're at, what you're processing, hear me clearly. No, don't respond that way. I would encourage you to remember last week's message. What you need to say to those doubts, what you need to say to those fears is, no, that seat's taken, you can't sit here. Let me show you what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, you, listen to me, you, every one of you in this room, all of us, you are God's handiwork. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And evidently, our friend Bartimaeus understood that <laughs> because he is now literally screaming out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48. And many people rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But Scripture says, he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. How many of you have heard that phrase before, haters going to hate? Y'all know that phrase? Haters going to hate. Are there any people in your life? Maybe they've been drinking up the haterade. That's good, isn't it? I appreciate that. Think about what person maybe has been saying to you. You're never going to finish that degree. Why are you even, why are you even acting like you're going to do that? You're ne Stop talking. You're never going to get up the courage to start that business. You're never going to have the courage to step out into that ministry. You're never going to amount to much. Haters are going to hate. But look what happens when Bartimaeus ignored the haters and he just kept on crying out to Jesus. Jesus stopped. The Bible says Jesus stopped. And that reminds me of another text a promise from our Lord. When we ask, when we seek, when we knock, we're going to find him and Jesus stops. And Jesus stops, the Bible says, and said, call him. Look at the text, Mark 10, 49 and 50. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up to his feet and he came to Jesus. Now check this out. Do you realize you do not even have to have sight to be seen by Jesus? That's powerful. 
Jesus says to you and he says to me, come to me. Come to me just as you are. Just as you are. So often, we try to reason that out. We, we try to say to ourselves, well, maybe one day. Maybe, maybe when I have this or, or maybe when I have that or, or maybe when I, I get myself all together. No, stop saying that. Listen, while you are thinking about that one day in your future, you're going to miss today. Do you hear me? Stop thinking about that one day in your future because you're possibly going to miss today. You have absolutely everything you need to do what God is calling you and inviting you to today. Look at the text again, Mark 10, 51. Here's the huge question. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Listen, Jesus has a question for, for you. He has a question for every one of us in this room. And you would think this might be an easy question to answer, but I challenge you. I am not sure that most of us in this room could answer that question so quickly. Because really, I think this kind of question from Jesus Christ is the kind of question that you really have to think about. And you really, you really have to wrestle with it. You, you have to process it. And so Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus responds, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you, Mark 10, 52. Go, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that every single person who is here today, I believe we're all here for a purpose. I believe with all of my heart, it's not by chance. I do not think it is coincidence. And I believe if you have listened to this story about a blind man named Bartimaeus, for some of you, you are realizing maybe more clearly than you ever have in your entire life, man, this, this makes sense. I get this. I, I see this. And there have been times for some of you in this room, hear my heart, where you have bought into the lie. When I talked about feeling like you're damaged goods, when I talked about feeling like you've been a disappointment to other people, when I talked about that immediately in your mind, you thought, I've been there. I've been in that painful place. And then maybe you have even said to yourself, you know, one day, one day when I get my act together and the beauty, listen to me, the beauty of who Jesus is and the beauty of the gospel and what the gospel provides is amazing because you know what? There's no more waiting for that one day. Jesus simply says, today is your day. He says, in the New Testament, he says, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened. And he says, I will give you rest. And so today, in faith, just like the faith of Bartimaeus, I'm asking you to call out. I'm asking you to cry out to Jesus. And now your question is, well, what does that mean? 
Like, like, do I start yelling out to him? What does that look like? What, what am I supposed to do? Where do I begin? Look with me. The most simplistic, clear way that you call out to Jesus is simply this. A, admit. Admit that you have sinned. What do you mean? Well, the Bible really sums it up in Romans 3, 23. For all of us have sinned. All of us. For all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Well, that means you cry out to Jesus and say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit I missed the mark. And then number two, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of you know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, that, that whosoever would, there's that word, believe, believe in Him will not perish, but instead will have everlasting life. And then how do you cry out to Jesus? You confess. You, you make a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible clearly shows us in Romans 10.9. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's exactly what Bartimaeus did, and that's exactly what we invite you to do today. You know, I, I think about... Alton, and him coming to this place to realize what it means to follow Christ. And for some of you in this room, even though maybe you're no longer his age, you're an adult, you're still processing the idea of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Y'all yeah, was convicted this week. Here I am, the pastor, people watching beggars. And having a pretty bad attitude about how they were living their life. And yet here I am, preaching a sermon the very same week about the grace and the unconditional love of our Savior to a blind beggar. No longer say that you don't have your act together. There's no need to delay always thinking about that one day when today could be your day of salvation. Would you bow your heads with, this, with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I really thank God it would be pretty awesome to have been there that day to observe what played out with Bartimaeus. God, a man who boldly cried out to you in great faith in the midst of this giant crowd of people. And even when the haters told him to be quiet, he continued to cry out all the more. And so, Lord, there's, there's so many lessons in this text. God, let us understand what you want to show us. God, let the reality of your unconditional love through your son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross, become real. God, what, may we believe and confess that you are Lord. And so, Father, today our desire is to respond to you. And God, for some of us in this room, this is something that really has caught our attention this very day. And for some of us, I believe we've been thinking about this for quite a while. So God, during this time of response, 
God, I pray that we would be obedient to you. We would, we would listen, God, to your invitation to follow. And God, we would do just that. So Lord, we give this time to you. It's the time for us to, to assess where we're at, to follow you and to be obedient for your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.